I have a very simple assignment today before every other thing is done. Simple because by the grace of God, we started this particular topic for the past two Sundays. We are in a period we call times of refreshing. Hallelujah. Amen. And it's actually referenced in the Bible in the book of Acts. And it has to do with the period when the Holy Spirit visited this earth till the restoration or the restitution of all things. We have identified in some of our messages since last two Sundays that ever since the fall of man, there is a restlessness. There is a vacuum. There is an emptiness. There is an agitation. There is a yearning in the soul of every human being to reconnect to his maker. Unfortunately, not everyone has been able to find the avenue by which we can be reconnected. So man has experimented with everything, imaginable and unimaginable. Are you there? Everything that the mind can fathom, man has experimented with it. And they may not say it, but the truth of the matter is that everything we do is an attempt to satisfy the human soul. The human soul is restless. We actually showed in an illustration of spirit, soul, and body of the human personality and how the spirit is supposed to be the leader followed by the human soul and then the body accordingly. Unfortunately, ever since the fall, the flesh took leadership. The flesh is a part of the human body. It took leadership and has always sought to lead the way. But we have identified in our teachings that the flesh will always lead you astray and it will lead you to death. For to be carnally minded, the Bible says, is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Hallelujah. So, it doesn't matter how you convince yourself. Once you are going in the direction of the flesh, the ultimate destination is death. Can't you see how dangerous that is? And yet, we still find the soul oftentimes teaming up with the flesh and going in that direction. Regardless of how strong the Holy Spirit prompts us that, look, this is not the way. Don't go in that way. We still find ourselves still going in the wrong direction. So, we identified last two Sundays that there's a place for fasting. Amongst all the things that were said, I can summarize that fasting, we said, humbles the soul. Hallelujah. To humble means to bring under, to subdue, to subjugate, to, to, to put where he belongs. You understand? When somebody is you know, raising his shoulders. He said, come on, behave. And that is what we do to the soul when we fast. When the soul wants to raise its shoulders and say that, I won't allow. I want to go in the direction of the flesh. Then fasting says, come on, 
Be quiet. Hallelujah. But more than just humbling the soul, we also discovered last week Sunday that the word of God, because last week Sunday we taught on the place of the word in these times of refreshing, and we discovered that the word of God converts the soul. So fasting humbles the soul. The word of God says, so turn from the direction of the flesh and go in the direction of the spirit. Are you there? Nothing can convert the soul more than the word of God. You can try anything and use anything. You will only be amplifying the emptiness in your soul. But it's only the word of God. We saw in Psalm 19 verse 7. It said the law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul. It turns the soul. To convert means to turn from the wrong direction to the right direction. It is to turn back. That's what the word of God does. So any child of God who receives the gospel, gets born again, but does not feed his spirit with the word of God, is limiting himself because you will not have what it takes to convert the soul. One of the ways to convert the soul is what is said in Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Then he gave us how you can do it. The next line says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind the word of God renews we have taught renewing of the mind on two occasions in this house and we said to renew means to remove the old and replace with the new so what the Holy Spirit does is that the word of God in our spirit the Holy Spirit takes it and uses it to remove the old concept in the soul and then replaces it with the new you which the word portrays. The word shows who we are. You may not know it, but once you feed on God's word, you meditate in God's word, you study the word of God, you read the word of God, you are hearing the word of God, you are seeing the word of God, it is built into your spirit. And then the Holy Spirit in your spirit takes that word and removes the old from your soul and replaces it with the new. At that level, your mind is renewed. That is how we convert the soul. Today, the simple assignment is to come, I mean, to, to cap it all with what we call the place of the spirit in these times of refreshing. Tell you neighbor, the place of the spirit in these times of refreshing. And interestingly, the word and the spirit always work together. So if you find a word doing a work, then the spirit has a role to play. If you find the spirit doing a work, then the word has a role to play. So we have seen what fasting can do. Thank God we are still fasting. And by the grace of God, by this Friday, we'll be ending the 21 day fast. Glory be to God. And then, I know that if we have truly waited on God through prayer and fasting, and then what we're going to learn, we also put it into practice, you and I, will never be the same again. Say my life will never be the same again. Be the same again. There's a scripture we have shared here before when I was teaching on baptism in the Holy Spirit. And actually, it's a picture of what the Holy Spirit does when he is giving room in our souls. Ezekiel chapter 47, please. I'll quickly read through. 
Ezekiel 47 verses 1 through 5. Ezekiel is talking about an encounter with a man, supposedly an angel, who took him to the temple. And then he said, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar. For your information, this water is symbolic of the flow of the spirit of God in the temple of God. Bible says, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit which you have and who dwells in you? Are you there? So, this is a picture of what happens when the Holy Spirit takes his proper residence in our, in our spirit. He flows from within us through this temple. I always imagine it. I mean, think about it. him. His name is Holy Spirit. And oftentimes, what we give him is an unholy vessel. And yet that's what he can still manage with and flow through. Hallelujah. So that's a picture of the Spirit. Verse 2. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. Verse 3. And when the man went out to the east with a line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits. And he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through. The water came up to my waist. Verse 5. Again, the me he measured 1,000 and it was a river that I could not cross. For the water was too deep water in which one must swim. A river that could not be crossed. Somebody say amen. Amen. Last two Sundays, we used our brothers here, Pastor Shabo, Brother Peter, and Mr. Gan, to do an illustration. Can we have the three of you again? Thank God you are still seated together in the same position. Yes, so just face the congregation for now. Yes. We said, for those who are listening on IPR Online Radio, you may not see, but at least imagine that to the, to the right side of the congregation and the right side of the altar is Mr. Gar, who represents the spirit, the real you. Man is a spirit. Okay? And then he has a soul. So Mr. Peter in the middle represents the soul. And this spirit who has a soul lives in the body. Pastor Shabo represents the physical body. Please are you there? When one receives the Holy Spirit, Bible says he comes to join himself with your spirit. Is that okay? So, you are spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. But when you receive the Holy Spirit, he comes to join himself with your spirit. And Bible says, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Spirit, whether in Hebrew or in, or in Greek, both mean the same thing. Actually, it is translated wind. Some say wind. So, if you have wind filling up a container, 
the wind takes the shape of the container. Is that right? Yeah. So the spirit of man, which cannot be seen, is like wind. And then the Holy Spirit, who also is like wind, joins himself. So it's like two winds mixed together or joined together. They become one. They become so inseparable that you can't identify between the Holy Spirit and your spirit. And forever, mind you, forever, that is going to be the relationship, even in the world to come. When you ask Jesus, where is the Holy Spirit who used to work with me and work through me? He will tell you that, didn't I tell you that when he comes, he shall be with you and shall be in you forever? So he's going to be in us forever. What a wonderful relationship. But here is a picture. Do you know that the Holy Spirit can be in your spirit and may never have an influence on your soul until you. This is where our will is. This is where our mind is. This is where our emotions dwell. Until you, out of your own volition, the only creature of God that has a will is a human person. Angels don't have this. Please take note. Even if they have the soul, they don't have their own will. They do the will of the master. They are spirit beings. They are, Bible calls them ministering spirits. We are human beings. Having this, I mean, being a spirit, having a soul, and living in the body. But the Holy Spirit dwelling in your spirit until you give him room to have an influence on your mind. You may have your own mind and the Holy Spirit also has his own mind. Or, yeah, this is you having your own mind in the soul, but the Holy Spirit is here and he has his own mind. That is why one time I taught in this house that when Paul said that we have the mind of Christ, I don't think Paul was referring to every believer. Why do I say so? If all of us have the mind of Christ, then we wouldn't have been instructed to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Until your mind is renewed, you don't have the mind of Christ yet. You have your own mind. Different from God's mind. Please, are you following? Alright. So, we saw in Ezekiel 47, 1-5, that the river that the angel was measuring with Ezekiel started welling up. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. When he is in us, he fills us up. When Ephesians chapter 5 tells us not to be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. The question is, filled from where? And how does he do the feeling or infilling? Because I have seen people in the 20th century, I'm talking about in the 19th, teaching on the infilling of the Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then they illustrate it with, um, let's say, a a glass, you know, that you fill from outside with water. And I don't think that is the picture. Why do I say so? Because the Holy Spirit is not living outside of you. He is living in you. So it cannot be water filling a glass from outside. And this is where a lot of people who have gotten that picture go to some mountain somewhere. And there's nothing wrong going to a mountain somewhere. Go to a hideout somewhere waiting on God aiming to receive something from outside. And you may never get it. If you don't take it, you even get another spirit. Because what you are looking for is already in your spirit. He is joined to your spirit. He is one spirit with you. But it doesn't stop there. He wants to fill you up until now. You see, this is the spirit. This one can either be a bridge or a barrier. Because the Holy Spirit in your spirit wants to flow and express himself through your body. 
Whether through your eyes, through your hands, through your words, through your legs, through your breath, through your shadow, your sweat, your saliva. He wants to express himself through your body. Our bodies are like the hose of a... Uh, that's hose, eh? Water hose. The end of it. That's, that's what our body functions. The, the source is in your spirit, but then your body is the outlet that expresses the power, the anointing, the glory of God. Such that somebody can see you and can see that you are carrying something. It is the Holy Spirit on the inside expressing himself through you. Are you there? But if the Holy Spirit flowing from here meets this man and he sort of Okay, let's say this is the way. All right, this is the spirit. Those who are listening on radio may not get a picture, but the spirit is going this way. And the soul must be. The aim of the Holy Spirit is to fill this man until he takes over the soul. That is the place of the spirit in these times of refreshing to take over. Some say to take over. But if the Holy Spirit wants to take over and instead of the soul following the spirit now decides, can you phrase this way please? Yeah, this is the, the flesh. The flesh is supposed to follow in the same way. But then the soul is following the flesh. So the Holy Spirit is here but he has no room. In the case of Ezekiel 47, we saw that at least he came up to the ankle level. We have called that 10%. But you know sometimes the Holy Spirit can be in you and may never have an influence on your soul. Not even 1%. Because you have your own mind. Different from the mind of the Spirit. And Bible says that to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And we saw in Galatians chapter 5 that the two are contrary to each other. The flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And the two are in antagonism. But one must win. Hallelujah. The spirit must win. That is where life and peace are. Are you looking for life? Are you looking for peace? It cannot be found in the flesh. It can be found in the human spirit that takes over the soul. So if the soul is following the flesh, this way. It is not a bridge. It's a barrier. Are you there? And when the soul becomes a barrier, though the Holy Spirit lives in your spirit, he does not express himself. He won't force himself. You have blocked the Holy Spirit. If I say you, I think it's not fair. You and me, you and I, hmm, have blocked the Holy Spirit from having a room to express himself. Do you know all God has been looking for since the fall of man? He's just looking for room to manifest himself. Bible says the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Romans chapter 8. The whole of creation as we see it and, and admire it, it's not like as it, it was before, I mean before the fall. What we see out there and we admire is called subdued glory. It's glory that has been that has been covered, glory that has been subjugated, glory that has been put under, glory that has been hidden. And creation is waiting for you know their true glory to emerge. But until man emerges, creation cannot. God says in Romans chapter 8 that he actually subjected everything in hope 
that one day when we are released from this imprisonment of the flesh, then everything will be released. So creation is crying, groaning in pain, waiting for its manifestation. But because we haven't manifested yet, creation is still in bondage. So what you admire out there, that is why Isaiah, the same Isaiah, says that when we get to the world to come, this one shall not be remembered nor come to mind. Because you will see that, ah, the hibiscus flower, not knowing the way we admire it, that's not the way it is. It is something bigger and better. That is when you see animals talking with human beings and it's normal. You will see something you have never seen before. Please, are you there? What are we saying? So, when the soul now begins to follow the spirit, follow him. This flesh has no choice because it's in the minority. It has no choice than to be brought under. Kindly follow this way, Pastor. You understand? The flesh has no choice than to conform. Now, we are looking at the, the place of the spirit in these times of refreshing. The whole emphasis has been on the soul. Fasting humbles the soul. The word converts the soul to follow the direction of the spirit. Now the spirit begins to take over. This is the point. He starts from 10%, the ankle level. The room you give him is the one that he occupies, he feels. If you give him the knee level, we call it 30%, he takes over. But it does not mean that he has completely taken over. Sometimes you have your own mind, sometimes you have your own will. Then you get to the waist level, the spirit in your spirit though. He is not filling you up. But the filling up is to overwhelm. It is to join the soul to this union. The spirit of God is in your spirit. And he wants to join this man, the soul, to be part of this union. Said that you cannot tell the difference between the mind of this man and the mind of Christ. Are you there? He wants to bring us to the place where our mind is the mind of Christ. And Christ's mind is our mind. There's a man called Ahitophel in the Bible. Before he corrupted his wisdom, if Ahitophel gives you counsel, Bible said it was as still God has spoken. You can't dispute Ahitophel's counsel. This was a man whose mind had been taken over by the Spirit of God. Said that when he speaks, that's the mind of God. I pray that we'll function with God's mind. That when somebody comes to you for counsel, you will not mislead the person. You will not misdirect the person. But you will be used by God to give the counsel of God because the Spirit of God has taken over your soul. West level, we say is what percent? 50%. Can you imagine? So, oftentimes, oftentimes, even meaning, I mean, believers who mean well, oftentimes, this is where we get to and we believe that we have arrived. Because 50% of the time, the Holy Spirit has control. 50% of the time, we have control. That's where we all get to. And then we believe that we have arrived. But the last line in verse 5 says that when he measured again, it was a river. Hallelujah. Do you remember John chapter 7? Jesus said that he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow out rivers of living water. And this he spoke concerning the spirit. So the river here, that is why I said the river here is symbolic of the Holy Spirit and is working our lives. At the level where the Holy Spirit has now become a river in you, he says that it was a river that one could not cross. In other words, you cannot just get up and start doing your own will. You see, if the water is shallow, you can just get up and just walk through. But if it's a river, you must swim in the direction of the stream. Where the river is flowing, that is where you just flow along. Oh, that the spirit of God will take over. Please, did you hear my cry? I said, oh, 
and the spirit of God will take over. That's the place of the spirit in these times of refreshing. And when it takes over, let me read, before you sit down, let me read the verse 5 of Ezekiel 47 again. He says, Again, he measured 1,000 and it was a river that I called not. Please, he didn't say I did not. I called not. At a level when the Holy Spirit has taken over your soul, even when you want to do, you want to do your own will, you just can't. Something will hit you that will make you know that, mm, I'm convicted. I can't do this. I could not cross. I could not. He might have even made the attempt, but he could not. For then it said, for the water was too deep. Do you know the Bible says in Ephesians that the Spirit of God searches all things? Yea, the deep things of God. This is where the Spirit has taken you deeper. Deeper. Bible said, deep calleth unto the deep. Where the Spirit of God has taken over, said that now you have access to the deep things of God. God begins to reveal his secrets through you. The water was too deep. Then he said, water in which one must swim. Someone say, one must swim. One cannot cross. He must. It's a must. In other words, you flow along to swim. I believe there are swimmers here. Those who swim very well, usually they wait for the, the, the especially in the sea, not in a, let's say, in a swimming pool, but in the sea. They wait for the tide. Is that, is that, is that true? And then you swim along. That's how those who do not swim get drowned or they get carried away because the, the, the waves of the sea carry them and they cannot resist the power of the, of the flow of the waves. At this level, one must swim. You cannot do it by... I mean, you cannot just take your own will and do your own will and exercise your own mind. You must swim in the direction of the river. That's the Holy Spirit. Oh, may God bring us there. A river that could not be crossed. Hallelujah. There's a river. God wants to express himself through us. And can I tell you, in Isaiah, before you sit down, in Isaiah, the same Isaiah, chapter 28, we are reading Ezekiel, Isaiah 28, 11 and 12. That's where we started from. Isaiah, let me read it. Isaiah 28, 11 and 12. Please, before you sit down, let me show you a picture and I'll use what is happening here as the illustration. Isaiah 28, Isaiah prophesied and said, for with stammering lips, and another tongue he will speak to this people to whom he said this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest and this is the refreshing yet they will not hear I pray you will hear hallelujah I pray I will hear also when the spirit takes over the spirit in your spirit takes over your soul. Bible says, this is the rest. Are you looking for rest to your soul? I heard the choir singing a song today. The first line of that song says, my soul has found a resting place. The soul is looking for a resting place. And you cannot find it anywhere than in Jesus Christ. Are you there? 
For it is only in Jesus that we have access to the things we are talking about. Where fasting, true fasting will humble your soul. Where the word will convert your soul. And then where you can receive the Holy Spirit. It's only in Jesus. I don't know anywhere else I can receive the Holy Spirit except in Jesus. Then the Holy Spirit who comes to reside in our spirits take over. Take over. Do you know take over? Take over is not like he is just perching. He has taken over. Take over is not like he is negotiating. He has taken over. To the extent that we saw when we read this scripture before, Ezekiel 47, we saw that somebody like Peter Jesus spoke about Peter and said that when you were younger, you put on your own dress, put on your own sandals, and then you decided to go wherever you wanted to go. But when you become old, another will guide you and take you where you do not want to go. And the Bible says, and this he spoke concerning his death and by what death he will glorify God. Are you there? What does that mean? When the spirit takes over, even what to die, I mean, how to die, if you should die, you don't even have a choice. And then number two, your death will bring glory to God. When the spirit takes over. Look, when people say that they are baptized in the spirit, sometimes I laugh. Because I know that if God, who sees the heart, and who knows what goes on in our spirit, in our souls, and our bodies, wants to quantify the number of believers who are truly baptized in the spirit, it may not even be at 1%. I'm telling you the truth. Many believers in this end time have received the Holy Spirit. But, that is the journey. The second phase is to be filled with the spirit. Ephesians 5 tells us so. Until the spirit fills us up and takes over. It is that level that we call baptism in the Holy Spirit. Are you following people of God? And all three can happen at the same time. It happened on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, the spirit came as a sound of a rushing mighty wind and, and entered them. They received the Holy Spirit. They were filled to the overflow. So they received the Holy Spirit. They were filled and they were baptized. And it can happen to any hungry soul. Where you are tired of this world. Where you have experimented with everything and you can't find satisfaction in anything. Like Solomon. He experimented with everything. A man who could have 700 wives, 300 concubines. Do you know what that means? I said how many wives? 700 wives. 300 concubines. Bible says concerning Solomon that and Solomon loved the Lord at the beginning of his life with God. But you read the scriptures towards the end. Bible says, and Solomon loved many strange women. Hmm. The same word translated love is the same word translated love over there too. In other words, his Bible, in fact, the next line says that for the many women turned his heart from his God to their idols. Solomon loved the Lord. Last week, Wednesday, the Lord instructed us to go back to our first love. Many of us started very well. But some way, somehow, the battle in the soul is making us wonder, should I go in this direction? Or I should go in this direction? Should I compromise? No, should I do right? Or I should compromise? And there's a battle in the soul. Humbly take your seats. Thank you very much, gentlemen.
There's a battle in the soul. I don't know about you. Some years ago, so many years ago, in, in, in primary school, we used to sing a song. When I grew up, I challenged the song in my mind. I used to wonder, because of faith confession, okay? Because of faith confessing, I am very mindful of what I say with my tongue. So, I used to challenge the song, but as the Lord taught me these things, I realized that it is not a wrong confession per se, as far as that song is concerned. It's actually an, an attestation of the facts of life. The song says, life in this world is a great struggle. You know that song? I used to wonder when we were in primary school, we used to match with it. Life in this world is a great struggle for the young and old. When I grew up, I said, Why did he say life in this world is a great struggle? But indeed, he didn't say life in heaven. Life in this world is a great struggle. Why? Because of the struggle in the soul of man. The soul is looking for a resting place. The soul is looking for rest. And Jesus, I mean, Isaiah prophesied, said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. You are weary. I'll give you rest. This is the rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet, they will not hear. Have you seen how it's a struggle? If God says, Yeah, they will not hear, it means that it's a difficult thing. Life in this world is a great struggle. But I pray that as people who are exposed to the truth of God's word, some way, somehow, someone says, some way, somehow, the spirit of God, spirit of God in our spirit. In our spirit. Remember, his name is the helper. He will help us to yield our soul. Amen. How difficult it is to yield. This soul, eh, it can be so stubborn, so stubborn that to yield to the spirit is a battle. It's a great struggle. Because the flesh has its enticements. The flesh has its desires. The flesh has its appetites and longings and dragging the soul along. But the helper is in your spirit. If we can yield and he takes over, the battle is over. Amen. As and when the Holy Spirit takes over, the battle is over. Many of our troubles, many of our struggles, many of our fights is simply because he hasn't taken over yet. He's in our spirit. Yes, you pray in tongues. We saw Isaiah 28. It says, for with stammering lips, when you receive the Holy Spirit, it gives you stammering lips. The Hebrew word or phrase, stammering lips, means mocking language. It gives you a mocking language. They may even make mockery of you. If you don't take care, you even leave Christ because of that. Some people left Christ because they started speaking in tongues and others mocked them. They didn't know what it was. So they couldn't face the mockery. So they said, ah, this thing doesn't work for me. Let me leave and go back to the world. And go back to even smoking and drinking. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know who I'm talking to. Probably I'm talking to myself today, I, I believe. Hallelujah. Life in this world indeed is a great struggle. When we attended the Give Thyself Holy Conference with Bishop Dagwood Mills about two weeks ago at the Equipping Mampong campus of Anakazo Bible uh, Training Center, 
a very beautiful place. On the last day, Bishop Dagwood Mills sang a song. We know that song also. In fact, everybody who grew up in the 80s, maybe the 21st century generation may not know it. You might have been taught in school. But in the 80s, there was a program on television. Those days, television was black and white, not even colored. Called Osofodazi. And Osofodazi was the paramount thing. No internet, nothing. In fact, if you don't bath, you are entering somebody's home because not everybody had television at that time. You got to take your bath to be able to go and watch Osofodazi. But the song that they used to introduce Osofodazi with was what Bishop Doug was singing. And I was wondering. But I listened to the lyrics and I said, this is the point. We are going heaven knows where we are going we know we will i like that phrase we know we will even if you are falling tell yourself i'm going i know i will we will get there heaven knows how we will get there we know we will listen to the next line it will be hard we know and the road will be muddy and rough but we'll get there heaven knows how we will get there we know we will I like that I like that look when I heard it I had never known the lyrics oh. but when I heard the man says it will be hard we know please you must know it because of the battle in the soul it will be hard we know and the road will be muddy and rough but we will get there we know we will how by the spirit when the spirit takes over we will get there when the spirit takes over we will get there he will help us you may be struggling today but tomorrow you will be the one that God will use to help those who are struggling can I say that again? I said you may be struggling today, Amen. but tomorrow God will use you, you who are struggling, to help those who are struggling. Amen. And that is when you will show compassion. The Bible says that we comfort others by the comfort we receive from God. If you have never been comforted by God before, you may never be able to comfort anybody. You may never know compassion. The way sometimes we bluff on others is because you have not fallen before. But if you have fallen before and God has shown you mercy and shown you mercy, Amen. when somebody falls, instead of condemning, you will restore. Amen. Bible says, brothers, you when somebody is falling into sin, you who are spiritual, are you spiritual? He said, restore. Then he said, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. In other words, if you think, let him that thinketh he stand them, take heed, lest he falls. If God has not shown you compassion, you will never know how to show compassion. Say, hey, so you can't stand. You are standing, so you are using your standing to now carry somebody. You have not known that it will be hard and the road will be muddy and rough. If you were exposed to that person's temptation, Probably you would have fallen a thousand times and over. Let's learn to show compassion. Amen. Are you there? Amen. Let's learn to show compassion. Let the Spirit of God work in you so much that His love will be expressed through you. Amen. I like it. One day, a woman was caught in adultery. How many people commit adultery? All of us. 
It doesn't take two people. So how do you catch a woman in adultery? Where was the man? Discrimination against women is not today's event. It's been, it's been, it's been from generation to generation. Then they brought the woman to Jesus. The law of Moses says that this person should be stoned to death. What do you say? I like Jesus. Bible says he knelt down and began to write on. I can imagine what he was doing. He remembered when God used his finger to write on the tablet for Moses. This was the creator. They didn't know they were doing the creator. So he said, I remember this day. I wrote this law. So he was writing the same law, rehearsing the law on the floor. Then he now lifted himself and said, any one of you who has never seen before should be the first to cast a stone. And Bible says that being convicted by their own conscience, beginning from the elders to the youngest, they began to drop their stones. First one says, ah, okay. Uh, the man has spoken. Then the next one, until the last. And everybody left except the woman and Jesus. So Jesus looked at the woman and said, woman, where are your accusers? Then the woman replied, they are all gone. Then Jesus said, neither. Oh, I love Jesus. Neither do I condemn you. Was Jesus condoning adultery? No. He was showing how the Holy Spirit works. When you think that you are the worst, that is the one the Holy Spirit wants. I'm telling you, when you think that you don't qualify, you say, ha, huh, this one is not dead. Let me take over. But when you are alive and you believe that it is your righteousness that has brought you this far, he can't find room because it is you now at work, not God at work in you. So don't look down on those who fall. Let's learn to restore those who fall. Amen. Let's learn to encourage them that you can come back. Amen. All you need is just to allow the Holy Spirit in you to take over. Amen. And you will do a work. Yes, Lord. I always said, I mean, I don't qualify to hold this microphone and stand before people like this. Never. I know myself. Mm. But this man qualified me. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That me, I'm qualified. Yes, Lord. It couldn't have been me. Amen. It is Jesus at work in me. Amen. Blessed be his holy name forevermore. Amen. Put your hands together to the Lord. Amen. When the spirit takes over, my prince, it's over. Amen. Can we sing that song? When the spirit, spirit take over my soul. I'm telling you. When the spirit, when the spirit take over my soul, I will, I will be changed, and His glory, and His glory will be revealed. Be revealed. When the spirit takes over my soul, when the spirit, when the spirit takes over my soul, please, will we allow Him? When the spirit That's all. takes over if we we'll allow him will be changed and his glory will be revealed. His glory will be revealed when the spirit takes over my soul.
One more time. When the Spirit takes over, when the Spirit takes over my soul. When the Spirit, when the Spirit takes over my soul, I will be changed. I will be changed. His glory will be revealed. When the Spirit takes over my soul. Can we all stand to our feet as we sing this song together? When the Spirit takes over my soul. It's a prayer. It's a prayer. Let him take over. When he takes over, the battle is over. When the Spirit takes over my soul when the spirit takes over spirit takes over my soul somebody making your prayer this morning when the spirit as you sing tell the holy spirit to take over your soul i will be changed glory will be revealed when the spirit takes over I will be changed. I will be changed. His glory will be revealed when the Spirit takes over my soul. I will be changed. I will be changed. His glory will be revealed. His glory will be revealed. Thank you. Listen, I mentioned a bridge and a barrier. In the soul, oftentimes we, we want to query God and say, God, but why is this in delaying? Why haven't I found what I've read in the Bible happening in my life? Why hasn't this miracle happened? Why hasn't this breakthrough come? Why hasn't this request been granted? But what we don't know is that Ephesians 3 20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think he didn't stop there then he said according to the power that works in us so if your soul is a barrier to the flow of the spirit from your spirit it's not because the Holy Spirit can't do it, but because you have become a hindrance to his work in you. But when your soul becomes a bridge, he flows from your spirit through that bridge and finds expression through your body. That is a secret. So when an answer has not come to your prayer, don't query God. Begin to find out which one am I doing that is hindering the flow of God's power. Why are we querying God? You hear people say, Nami Yawalo, Yawad. No one yawa this year. No one yam hey nami. We be jawan makosum oko someday. It's because you don't know my people perish. Because they don't know. Please will we pray? I have finished my message, I finished my ministration. I'm telling you, all we are desiring today is a spirit. Take over. That struggle in the soul. That struggle that has made the road muddy and rough. Ah, 
you are going and say that the road is muddy and rough. But when the soul yields, I'm telling you, he will carry you on his wings. Amen. He will carry you. The spirit is real. The Holy Spirit is real. Amen. He is in us not to be grieved. He is in us not to be quenched. He is in us. Bible says, don't quench the spirit. Don't grieve the spirit. He is in us not to be subdued. He is not our co-equal. He is the superior. He is the helper. He is not a helper. He is the helper. This is the rest. So you find in rest outside of the Holy Spirit, you won't get it. Today, I want us to surrender, beginning from me to everybody. I surrender my soul. I, this is the times of refreshing. We are closing the times of refreshing this week, but forever let it be a life of surrender that the struggle should be over. Enough of yielding to this flesh. Enough of submitting to the dictates and the appetites and the, and the temptations of the flesh. Now, it's like the prodigal son. Bible says he came to himself. He came to himself and said, how many of my father's hired servants have enough to eat and even to spare? And I'm here competing with pigs for the same food. He said, I will arise and go back to my father. Will somebody arise this morning and go back to your father? The good thing about our father is that he that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. What a good God. He didn't say that if you come seven times, and you don't repent, then I won't. Re he says that even when you are for you, you and me, we should forgive 70 by 7. So, will God do less than that? He's a God of forgiveness, He's a God of another chance. Amen. I came to admonish somebody that this God loves you. Please don't condemn yourself, Amen. don't write yourself off, Amen. don't say you don't qualify. Amen. Jesus' blood qualified yes, you. Lord. He loves you anyway. Amen. Yes, you mess up, Amen. but that mess will become a message. Amen. Are you there? Yes, Lord. Let your soul become a brick today. Amen. In case it has always been a barrier. Because the Spirit of God is here at work in us. He wants to flow out of your belly. So flow. 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 And you will swim along. Because you cannot cross that river. You will just swim along. Will you pray that prayer today? Yes, Lord. Can you lift your voice? I don't know. In your own words. Whether you pray in the Spirit or not. Just pray. And let's yield. Shanted in a 